Emma, what are you researching now? Birthday gifts. Sapa has the best mattresses in every category. So how about one for everybody? Uh, mattresses? A customizable air for mom and dad who can't agree on firmness. A five-pound memory foam for your sister's college all-nighters. An all-natural latex for your yoga teacher. A Sapa youth for my growing nephews. And a classic inner spring for us. I got you a tie. Get $200 off your purchase of $1,000 or more at Sapa.com slash 200. Hey everybody, welcome to the Double Talk. I am Corey Coleman. Over here, I have Mr. Christian Horchata Torres. How you doing, sir? You came in hot today. I love your energy today, Coleman. I'm doing well. Thank you, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I got my crunchy greens up in me, man. Of course I'm coming in hot. I'm doing well. Got you some... had a couple smoothies early on today? No, nah, man. I went raw today, man. No, not so smooth. I went rough today, man. Roughage. Yeah, man. I, my, my, I actually didn't liquefy it. I ate an actual salad from a bowl. <laughs> Right on. Well, that's yeah. great. Uh, that's that's good news. So so is that like your spinach? Is that your Popeye moment? You have some of that, and then you 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 you're like on a meth like high. You can conquer the world and shit. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, you sprinkle it with a little bit of cocaine. It's great, man. <laughs> you know, it's like like <laughs> Parmesan. Just a smidge of cocaine. Yeah, yeah, it's like Parmesan cheese, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> nah, man. I I actually uh, I drink my salads usually, people, but the, out of a glass. But today I ate it out of a bowl. I had some carrots. I had some. Spinach up in me right now. I'm ready to go, man. I'm feeling healthy right now. And I want to welcome everybody to the show today. Uh, I'm trying to see if people are going to be filtering in. You know, people just never know when this show is going to pop up on them, going to spring up on their ass. So we got to give them a little bit of an extra time to come up in here. But I think we've been okay. I think we've been all right the last month or so. We've kept consistent office hours. They should know when we're showing up, you know? They should. They should. But there were a couple of weeks where we weren't in here at all, man. So, you know, I'll blame the. Oh, here they come. Here they come. In the meantime, I can go ahead and test the internet, see how it's working out. You know, I've been having all these problems over here, man. Yeah, here you were thwarted by squirrels, or is that a lie? I just want to know what the truth is. No, that was true. I did lie. I did pull a, an April Fool's joke yesterday. Uh, oh, no, Juicy Herman, man. I don't think he was too pleased about that. I don't think the chat was too pleased about that. But I did do an April Fool's prank yesterday. But the funny thing is, the the dumbest sounding part of that whole joke was actually true. We'll get into that in a little bit. Let me see here. Oh, we'll get into that in a little bit, folks, because... Oh, you know what? That's another thing. Look at me. I prepare i go in and try to get ahead of myself think i'm doing something good and i forget to bring up these folks over here look at me disrespecting again give me a little bit of time folks i'll get you i got you i got just wait a minute shit i got you hold on i brought up one chat now let me bring up the other one let me go over here and click this pop that out there pop that out there move and slide that over there and when you do that kind of combo move right there, what you got, Christian Torres, is what we call stand-up. Give them a big round of applause. Give them a standing ovation for Darian. Thank you, Christian Torres, and thank you, chat fam. There they are, people. How you doing? What's going on? Welcome, everybody. Let me see. Let me see what uh, side bitches we got here because we got the OG chat. And we got them side bitches up in here. How y'all doing? Who do we have? Tea to the sweet. The sweetest of tea. Slim, oh no, I'm sorry, that's Sim CZ. Debo Jr. is up in here, giving respect to the DT Aquaman, he said. 
That would be you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, am I supposed to get mad by that compliment? That's still the best compliment. Even even Snyder Cut version of Aquaman is pretty goddamn handsome. I'll take it. Lion Lightning is here. No, he meant it as a compliment to you. Nick7021. Hey, you wait a minute. Oh, Marvel Buff Nerd, Ryu, Cool Slayer, Austin, Icky is up in here. Lavender Man, Lavender Man, he's so smooth. Lavender Man, he smells so nice. Smell him twice. Yeah, it was like, go on. What's the mythology behind Lavender Man? Now I'm actually very excited by it. <laughs> he, what did I just tell you? He's so smooth and smells nice. Jesus, you smells don't fucking. Nice. I know, but how does he wield that power for good? I, or does he not? Is he evil? Is he Machiavellian? What are the details, Corey? He was once a mere janitor that worked in a lavender soap department where some okay. crooks broke in. And he tried to stop him, and they threw him into a vat of lavender liquid soap. He sh- it should have killed him. Right. But he emerged yeah. as the softest and sweetest smelling superhero Avenger that you've ever met. And he goes out there, and com- he, he, he defeats his enemies with the sweet, sweet scent of lavender soap and spices. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I do want to ask why was there, especially in the 80s, why was there like a ubiquitous amount of just vats of stuff, whether it be acid or lavender in this case, but they were always just for some reason exposed vats of these chemicals that could kill people that instead turn people into superheroes. What was up with that 80s trope? So that you could create supervillains and superheroes. That's why. That's it. That was the pure, that was like, all right, look, we got to get to point A to point yeah. B the quickest way. How do we get there? Vats. All That's, right. Yeah, exactly, man. You know, the, <laughs> you, if it weren't for vats, if it weren't for radioactive waste, if it weren't for radiation at all, man, you wouldn't have, the, the world would be a, so much of a worse place. Yeah. Well, radiation also got us Godzilla, right? Which I tried to talk to my mom about Godzilla the other day. And I'm like, do you realize when that first movie came out, we were like less than 10 years after that bomb dropped? Like that wasn't sci-fi. That was like they were terrified this shit was really going to happen to them. So my point is radiation may give us superheroes, but also gives us kaijus, Corey. And in the latest Godzilla movie, what was he? A what, goddamn what, what, hero is what well, he was. Debatable. Debatable, right? I would say that. Oh, people. I should have had you on uh, the review for that. Actually, you know what? I should bring you in on Sunday for our 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 our, our spoiler talk. You should do whatever you want. I need to watch it. Let me tell you, I, the day it came out, I said, let's watch it. And I gave my wife. She's not going to like the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. And so my wife was like, let's watch this movie. I'm like, sure. So she's like, let's, uh, you know, we, let's have some special chocolate. So I gave my wife an edible, which, by the way, is a recipe for disaster with my wife. My wife mm-hmm. cannot handle her fucking high at all. And so like 10 minutes into this film, she uh, there's a scene where Bobby Millie Brown is yelling at Kyle Chandler. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 she just had this realization right off the bat that Bobby Millie Brown can't really act. And it <laughs> shattered her. She was like, I can't watch this fucking movie. Turn it off. I am losing my goddamn mind because I loved her as 11. And I realized the reason she's good as 11 is that she never talks. She yeah. just sits there and does this a lot. But put her in a fucking dramatic role. And she cannot handle that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn telepathic deaf person. Is, ah! you know <laughs> She's got range as long as she doesn't have to talk. The minute she opens her mouth, it's an existential crisis for my wife. That's all. Well, let me put it this way. No disrespect to you, man, but you sit up here and you judge Godzilla, but you were high and you didn't see the whole movie. So you are not in a position to say shit about Godzilla or any other goddamn giant kaiju out there. But what you are in a position to do is get high. Yes. Put the crown on. Hey. Put the glasses on. Shake the head. Shake the beard. 
How y'all doing today, people? Welcome to the Daily Double Talk. All aboard the Double Toasted Hype Train. How y'all doing today? What's going on, cow and We got cows and chickens up in this bitch right now. Dancing bears. What's going on, everybody? Godzilla's here. He says, watch your mouth. He said, take that crowd off. There's only one king up in here. Tis me. What is up, people? Glad to have you here on the Double Talk, formerly the Daily Double Talk, until I discovered that we were more doubly than daily. Oh, shit, he's got Godzilla's up in his hand right now. People, behold the scroll. Today, we have all these cancellations going on over at D.C. You don't get no trench. You don't get no gods, especially the new gods. New all. Don't bring them around here. Also, folks, we're going to be talking about Knives Out. Ooh-wee, boy. They got a lucrative deal. The kind of deal only... Netflix. Yeah, yeah, that's what they call Netflix can pay. <laughs> Looking at you laughing. <laughs> when I leave the camera on him, he's still going. <laughs> it's a it's a delightful distraction. It's the kind of deal that only Netflix can pay. Also, people speaking of streaming, NBC Universal, they says, you know what? Everybody else gets their exclusive streaming deals. How come we can't get ours? You want that Fast and Furious? You want that Jurassic Park? You want all that shit? You got to come and pay premium prices for it over here. Play us out, Alf. Play us out. Thank you, sir. You really are. <laughs> Man, it really is hard. Now, now, because I got a computer in front of me, it really is hard to talk about this and concentrate when you over there going crazy. It's hilarious, though. Yeah. No, see, you were better off when you lived better without technology. Now you have to witness the commitment. I danced for the entire – well, I didn't do it. I black out. I don't know what happens. But someone is dancing for the entirety of that hype train song. The whole time I'm talking and trying to get through this spiel, he's over there just jumping all over the goddamn place. It's a, it is hilarious, man. And I was sitting up here – I was trying to talk to you and I just sitting there looking at him at the same time. And I just kind of lost it, man. I couldn't help it anymore. <laughs> Welcome. I do that for you, baby. Anything for a laugh. Oh, well, when you come here, you got to do it on my lap, man. <laughs> See if you can play, play anything That's to a lap. That's Pixie's territory, sir. I don't know if I should encroach on that. That is Pixie's territory. She is here as we speak. Pixie is a part of the show now. She <laughs> she loves doing shows with me now. Uh, as long as I'm here at the house, people, I would pick her up, but the dog is here. So it is a given now. That this dog, she'll forever be here for as long as I'm doing these shows, as long as she's alive. Looks like she's here to stay, man. So well, might as well get great you. news. I'm glad our national nightmare is over. Pixie is here to stay. Yes. In the wintertime, my crotch will thank her, man. She keeps <laughs> it warm. Yeah, folks. Yeah, yesterday she wanted to get in. My wife got out of spite, didn't let her do it. <laughs> she <laughs> locked up in a room with her. And I say I like that Mia gets territorial, even cross species. Like she has no fucking tolerance for anyone uh, taking attention away from her. No, no, man. Yesterday, because I, I, I noticed she didn't do the show with us yesterday. We did a show last night, and I said, "What was Pixie? Did she eat? Did, was she cool? Did she not want to come to the to the show?" And she said, "No, she did." I said, "Well, why not? Why didn't you let her do it?" And she flat out just said, "She can't have everything she wants." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like, because that's just like, that's like a mom who's resentful of their kid for doing better than them, right? It's just like, fuck you. You can't have everything. Love it. So spiteful. Yeah, yeah I think she's getting a little jealous of, because uh, she's got mojo. 
like I said, Mojo, that's her dog, man. Mojo loves her. Mojo sleeps on her side of the bed. Mojo protects her whenever, like, we're getting ready to go somewhere and we're bringing the dogs. Mojo don't want to go. You're like, where my, where my mama at? Where my mama at? I ain't going where my mama. So that's cool. But does Mojo, does, does he stream with her as well? Like, is it the same kind of uh, pixie dedication? No, Mojo is modest. Mojo does not want to be in front of the camera. He's cool. You know, he's, he's the kid that doesn't want to be famous. But Pixie, so Pixie, you know, she follows me around everywhere. She sleeps on my side of the bed. She looks for what I want to do. And I think what got her, what really got her was we were, we were, we were eating somewhere. And she was holding Pixie on her lap. And she was cool for a little while. But on the other side of the, of the, of the table, she looked at me. She kept looking up at her and then finally just kept looking at me. And she, with those big, watery eyes, she looked at me and said, it's <laughs> okay, and so which meant was mama let me go. I want to go to my daddy. <laughs> so, right, right. So it's like I'll, every parent, literally, this is like all parents. You know, it, like the kid only prefers one of the parents the most, and you feel like you're you're an asshole for existing. And I feel like that's what's up. Pixie forces Miss Mia to think that she's an asshole purely for existing in the world. I, maybe I might. Wow, you you went deep with that one. <laughs> I, I like the way you think, though, man. But I think it was just because we were riding home, and she's like, you know what? If we have a baby, I don't want a girl. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I was like, well, I, that. Right. She's like, I'm wondering, do I want a girl? I don't know. And I was like, well, why wouldn't you? Why, what difference does it make? And she's like, I carry her in my womb for nine months, and then she just always hangs on you, mm-hmm. loves you. I was like, you realize you're talking about something that's not here. Yeah. Right. A, pure, a purely hypothetical situation that you have no basis for. But but again, she's taking her dog parenting and she's applying it to actual parenting. Yeah. And she thinks that she has a good relationship with the, with the boy dog. And that's the reason that she wants a boy. She's very protective of the imaginary kids that we don't have. <laughs> I remember I made a joke about throwing a, our, our, our baby, our, our kid to a dinosaur. She was pissed about that. <laughs> she- okay, we got, there's a lot to unpack there. One hypothetical kid, like we already said. Two dinosaurs don't exist. There's no real threat here, Mia. What is she freaking out about? She's well. She just didn't like the idea that I would even think of throwing any child, imaginary <laughs> or otherwise. Be one thing if you were like like B.D. Wong in Jurassic Park. And you're like, I'm gonna resurrect these fucking dinosaurs and then throw a baby at it. But like, that's not a real threat. <laughs> okay, I'm laughing at what you said first. First of all, I think that's hilarious. No, that is true. That is no, that's a great, that's a great analogy. And I'm also laughing that my stupid ass for a moment thought you were talking about DB Cooper. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, jump out of planes, throw babies at dinosaurs, the full DB Cooper thing. You know what DB Cooper's famous for. <laughs> My God. Uh, oh, people, coming up today, we should be canceled for being stupid here. But DC, if we were over at DC, they would cancel us, man, for either being too stupid or maybe just being too cool. They did a couple of cancellations that had people a little upset and a little nervous about the next steps that they're going to take. Also, Knives Out, huge hit, huge hit. They got two sequels ready to go to the theater and Netflix said, hey, 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 where you going? Theater, why you doing that old shit? Come here, come here, come here. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. You don't want to do that no more. You hear hey, we the future, baby. Let us holler at you for a little bit. Also, speaking of streaming, NBC Universal. They're looking at everybody making all this money on streaming, getting all these exclusives on their platform. They're like, what the hell are we doing? We ain't, that, that peacock ain't making no money on that old shit. So let's see if we can take some of these new things that we got out there, put it on our platform, and hit, oh, pfft, Here's a novel idea. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, we can charge people more for it. We're going to be talking about all that today. 
And if anything else pops up in the middle of it, we'll talk about that too. Christian's going to be talking about this mostly today. I'm going to follow your lead, man. I got opinions. I got thoughts. But I think that you have more than I do. And I'm going to leave that to you. Folks, how you doing today? What's going on? <laughs> Debo Jr. talking about WB's a punk. Punk. <laughs> you know, he's still in character right now. <laughs> Debo Jr. up in here. <clears throat> oh, that stupid ass name, punk. Peacock. Now you sound like Mr. T. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's B.A. Baracus. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> we, we switched franchises there. <laughs> I pitted the platforms and they themselves at the birds. Yes. <laughs> People, let's go ahead and get into the show. I have a few things to do today. I got to call. I got to call. What are they called? I think I would remember their names after the ordeal that I've been through with them. I got to call Spectrum today. Hey, you wait a minute. I got to call Spectrum today and try to get my refund. I got internet that does not work. Hold on. Hold on. God. Yes. Justin Mendiga, salute. That was that was bad. That was Gracias. like a, like that would cause like China to shake on the fucking shelves and shit. Oh man. Do you like to sneeze? I love sneezing. No, it's like, isn't it weird that sneezing sort of feels good? Now, see, my wife has allergies and, and she's always sneezing and she's always like miserable. And I'm like, but sneezing's good. But have you ever had allergy sneezes? Because after the 20th fucking sneeze, it's no longer adorable. Like it's 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 life draining. You hate everything. And and it takes the, your your joy for sneezing and turns it into a worst possible nightmare situation. Yeah, yeah it's like having an orgasm too long, man. Because I, I get those. <laughs> Is that a problem that you've had before? If so, share with the class, Colin. <laughs> yeah, just walking around the house, just shaking. No, uh, <laughs> just fucking stroking out the whole time. I love it. <laughs> just falling down the steps. <laughs> <laughs> That's like your narcolepsy. You know, like, you, you got to be careful. You can't live in like three story houses if you're narcoleptic. You never know when you're going to fall asleep. You'll fall down the stairs. You, you just come randomly and it forces you to fall down the stairs. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, man. Can't walk, knees weak. Yeah, man, no, sneezing. I get sneezing in my toes, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when I sneeze, I get a good sneeze. I get a good sneeze. I just, I, I, I feel it all over, man. Hey, you wait a minute. I get it. Yeah, I, no, really, I get tingles all over, man. I just love it. Like I said, man, there's been moments I've had, I've had, a, yeah, I've had orgasms that just knocked me on my feet, man, just rolling down steps. Just, oh, fuck, yeah, it feels good. Oh. <laughs> Nah, man, Swedish girl, thank you. Thank you. Speaking of getting tingles, Swedish girl, I want to thank you for the sub that you gave me right there. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, man, I love sneezing, man. One or two good sneezes, I get tingles all over. It feels nice, man. That's why I do it loud. That's why I express it to the world. You know what it is? It does feel good. It does feel like I'm in the middle of sex or something. Oh, yeah! <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, sex with you sounds like that. I don't know how anybody wants to do it with you. It's a real treat, saying. for sure. Yeah, people. All right, let me see what we got here. We're going to get on with things here. Folks, I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else gives me tingles, man. Money. Money just makes me tingle <laughs> all, all over people. So, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm being in, I'm being serious right here. Money just gives me the Oh, money just makes me just feel good all over. Makes me weak in the knees. So people, give me some. Patreon. Go to Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash double toast. It's not just begging. You're paying for something that you get in return. If you get on that warm and toasty level, get hot and buttered, golden brown, or crispy. You'll be getting a lot of things in return. It's not just a one-way street right here. You'll get merch. Every three months for a year. Bonus streams, viewing parties, 
caricature is coming to you guys real soon. Some of you guys got some caricatures coming this weekend as we speak for being there on the highest tiers. I'm going to experiment with those NFTs out there, see if it's worth it to do this. I heard those NFTs, those digital NFTs, even though it's digital, man, even though there's no paper involved, there's no trees being killed, for some reason, it's still destroying the planet. Can we not, can we do anything without destroying the planet? Mm -hmm. God damn, they said when you sit at home and just fart, oh, people, you're destroying the planet. Damn, <laughs> plug your ass up. Uh, also, Folks, I think this might help. Listen, is subscribing to our Twitch channel is that is is that at least environmentally safe? It's not. It doesn't require anything, not even money from you. All you have to have is an Amazon Prime account. Well, that's destroying the world by having people, their employees, pee in bottles and leave that shit all over the place. But <laughs> other than that, no, it's not doing anything at all. That should be safe for you. And it is making the world a better place. Why? I tell you why. Because, one, you're gifting yourself the gift of us. You can resub that every month for free if you got that Amazon Prime account. And you can make the world a place for other people by giving the gift of the toasty goodness, gift this up to people out there, spread it all over people's bodies, and make the world a better place that way. And you also don't have to deal. Now, commercials, I heard, they just poison the world, man. They just tearing this world apart. You don't have to deal with those commercials if you have a subscription on our Twitch channel. Not at all. It will be like we never left you. For those who don't have it, we got to kick you out for at least three minutes while we play those commercials. All right, let's see what else we got over here. I think I've said everything I need to say. Oh, no, I have not. Christian Torres. Sir. I got something to say to these people out here. What you got to say, Corey? And I hope they say something back. I dare them to say something back to me. And if you do, send it through an email. kcoolmans at gmail.com. That's K-C-O-O-L-M-A-N-Z at gmail.com. I dare you to hit us up with any kind of questions, comments, compliments, insults, input, and or advice. Hit us up on the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, in the face to the book. Copy all that information down right there. Memorize it. Love it. But people, it's nothing. It's almost as if it doesn't exist if you don't use it. And if I'm too busy out there taking all of your wonderful emails, your kind words, Christian Torres. Uh, you can find me over on Instagram, Christian.Monster, Facebook, Christian Leon Torres. And while I know some of you, I want to know all of you. So please come find me. Folks, please come find us in Austin, Texas when you're clean because you got that vaccine up in you. Until then, keep your ass away from us. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can still send us an email and let us know what your plans are for Austin, Texas. KCoolMans at Gmail at God, God that's what I say God damn KCoolMans at gmail.com and gmail dot god damn uh, hit us up with your plans for Austin whether you are moving here or just passing through we would love to once again safely hang out with you alright uh, folks we're going to get on with this show. <clears throat> I'm going to let Christian start take over some things over here. Let him start running some stuff. But I tried. To, I, I told you. I warned you. <laughs> I flat out begged you. 
I said, please, please, dear God, Jesus in heaven, coming back to earth once again for the second time. If he hasn't been here before, please subscribe to our Twitch channel. Why? Because you didn't have to deal with commercials if you do, but you didn't. And now you got to deal with this right here. I'm so sorry. I got to do this. I'm so sorry. We'll be back. All right. Why wow, those assholes out? I, you know, <laughs> I, I believe that performance. I was like, wow, that was so heart, heart touching, uh, heartwarming and touching. That you didn't really <laughs> want to kick those people out. And then the minute they're gone, talking shit. I love it. Oh, yeah. I had to, you know, I had to do that while they were looking at me and listening to me. You right. know, you can't talk behind somebody's back when their front is at you. <laughs> you look like John Turturro in Miller's Crossing, which is a <laughs> reference for five people. But it's for you and you understand it. So thank you. Uh, I love it. Look into yeah. your heart. Subscribe. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. All right. Oh, really quickly, let me tell you, I booked a trip because, you know, I got my vaccine and I get my second vaccine in two weeks and I yeah. want something to look forward to. So my anniversary, my two year anniversary is in October. And so I booked a trip. I'm going to Europe for a couple of weeks, probably. Uh, and that's awesome because it gives me something to look forward to immediately. Mr. Coleman, why don't you book a vacation that happens to overlap with me at the same time? And maybe we could do like an Italian Turkish uh, fucking show from from overseas. Where the hell are you going? I'm going to Italy first. So the <laughs> only thing that's confirmed right now is I'm going to be on the Amalfi Coast, uh, so southern Italy, uh, mm -hmm. October 10th through the 15th. And then after that, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't figured any of that shit out yet, but Oct you should be there. In October? Yeah, in October, yeah. Huh. Miss Mia wants a vacation, man. You could take a week and we could do like a pre-recorded thing, if not a live thing. Well, I was thinking about going to Europe for my birthday. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about going to Istanbul specifically. Mia was talking about that for my birthday. My birthday is September 9th, but maybe, just maybe I can I can adjust. Maybe I can switch that over. Maybe I can be uh, fun, man. I mean, here's the thing. You've traveled with people that you know in the real world, and for me, there's nothing as amazing as people that you love in the real world seeing mm -hmm. them in other magical yeah. cool-ass places. You know what I mean? So it's like that would be really dope. I don't know. Just consider it. I know Miss Mia would love a vacation. Uh, and yeah. I know Istanbul is not Italy, but still. you know. No, man. I remember when I was going to Europe uh, regularly back in the day, man. I was going twice a year, uh, maybe some other places. I hung out with some friends over in Croatia, man, and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. So I've never been. That's like <clears throat> the place. So we're trying to go to two places we've never been to before. So that's why I haven't figured anything else out. People rant and rave about Croatia. Like it's one of the most beautiful fucking places. Did you go to, what is it, Split? Is that what it's called? Split I went Croatia? to, no, I went to Zagreb, man. I went to the capital and hung out there. And I had a great time, man. There was a bunch of people. At the time, we were doing the website spill.com. And I was surprised at how many people, uh, like, in Croatia, man, Croatia, like, came out to hang out, you know, like, just that's strangers. That's amazing, yeah. I mean, see, that's got to really freak you out because you know you have a fan base here in the States, but when you go to some place <laughs> where there's no fucking reason for them to know who you are and yet they're fans, that has to be, yeah. like, an, an insane feeling. You well, know? that's the power of the Internet. I'm not going to say, that. oh, my God, I'm so famous, you know. No, I'm saying, you know, it's man, it's a different world, you know. The the Internet reaches everybody. So I'm, I'm trying to be very modest about this, you know. So, yeah, there's more of a chance of people seeing you and knowing who you are so if you get i mean look it wasn't like throngs of people came out in croatia i had about 12 people come out to come hang out you know and i was to, to be in croatia and zagreb and do that i was like okay that's that's pretty badass man um in japan having a bunch of people come out and hang out you know that was cool uh, uh london is where i'm trying to go and have one of our shows so you know when everything starts back up i've already got plans for 
for New York. I've already got plans for L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably going. I'm thinking about Atlanta, uh, and we might have we might have a, a a company that will represent us, man. I know that before the the, the before COVID hit. We had an agent that was going to be getting together our New York show. Our YouTube partners, along with this agency, they were getting that together, man. They were getting New York and L.A. together. And they were, we, we, we were going to have this real cool venue. They were going to handle the tickets and everything. It was going to be, it was, yeah, it was going to be real cool. So I'm thinking if we can do that, maybe this agency can help us get together in London and do a show there. Because I tell you, if, if, with the way people are ready to come out and party right now, I think London would really, would really kick it off, dude. Uh, for for us, yeah. Also, like you know, I don't want to say capital of Europe because that's really insensitive, but it, it is a hub, right? It is a central hub in the same way that New York is a central hub, so everyone can get to London pretty quickly. Yeah. I think that's like the best <clears throat> of both worlds. Plus, I'm going to London in October as well. That's one of the places I've never been and I want to go. So I'll do some reconnaissance for you, you know. Although I know you got uh you got agents and shit doing your dirty work at this point, but I would love to help out anyway. Yeah. Well, what's cool about London is that in London, with the way things are going. We'll get a lot of people probably from all over Europe. Like Swedish girl right now is talking about, please do London. I'll come over there. Yeah. Uh, people from Germany will come over because I've mean, I been throwing parties over there, and people from, you know, uh, from uh, uh, like Danish people came, uh, Germans came. Uh, uh, we had man, yeah, we had all kind, all kind of people who showed up. So uh, yeah, man, I'm familiar with doing stuff in London. London, I think we could really do something special over there. So these are looking like 2022 shows, like any excuse to go back to Brooklyn. You know, I adore Brooklyn. Uh, but yeah, I'm just wondering. I'm trying to figure out what, when all this is the, the timeline for all of it is. Yeah, man. Uh, 2022. So I haven't done. Man, I, like I said, I used to do parties over in, in London all the time. But that was just me going by myself. And those guys over there would they would hook it up and they would make the arrangements. It's a little bit more difficult when you have to carry a lot of people and, right. you, you know, uh, the currency is higher sometimes. It's different. So, I, you know, I got to start getting back into looking at what venues over there. Because I used to go to London all the time, and I used to know it pretty well. I haven't been there in a while. So, I don't, you know, I'm a stranger again. You know, I don't know. <laughs> You're back at, at square one. No, it's going to be fun, man. It's a really, really cool place. And, and obviously, all the fans have easy access to it. And I can't wait. I mean, that's been the one thing, right? How many things were you talking about we would have done in 2021 if not for a pandemic? Same thing with 2020. Yeah. yeah so, it's yeah. like, we got to make up for lost time. Uh, and I can't wait wait to do that with everyone oh uh toronto people asking for us to go toronto to toronto again toronto was awesome man um it was great I having that show toronto oh yeah. toronto's awesome it was great having that show and then having that that after party at that other club man that was and you know we still somehow some kind of way made a profit and i can't even remember what happened that fucking night man no we were both pretty gone i mean what i remember was the same night that the raptors won so on top of it just being like already a party environment the raptors won and the entire city of Toronto shut down and and it was like a fucking like Roman orgy happening on the streets of yeah. old Toronto. It was insane. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. It was one of my favorite experiences and I did not expect to love it that much. Julian Hemdinger took one of the worst drunk pictures of me, man. <laughs> well, it's the one that we we put to Thriller, right? Like some some mad genius decided to put it to the Thriller, like turn around Vincent Price laugh thing. <laughs> Uh, and it was perfect. I've never seen something more perfect in my life. Uh, he got me good, man. I don't know what kind of. I would love to think that he was using some kind of drunk fish eye lens, but I think that was just all me, man. 
<laughs> well, isn't it a video? Didn't we just like he got you on a video and I think we, we freeze framed it. Look, some genius in the in the chat, please find this because we need it for science right now. <laughs> but it is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And maybe you're just extra photogenic in Canada. You know, maybe no, that's what's going on. No, I am less photogenic in Canada. <laughs> I look like I look Column like a, <laughs> there was a man. The only I, the only thing I could think of, uh, I look like. There was an old dude named Jimmy Durante. He was known for his big nose, and he used to say "hot cha 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 cha." And I, that's, a, that's the only thing I can think of. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Somebody put up this dude Jimmy Durante in the in the chat. <laughs> Jimmy Durante was known for his big nose, and that he would just shake it, and he just made a trademark out of it. He that's what he used to like, hot cha 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 cha. He would do that, and that's the only thing I could think of, man. Let me see. I'll find a picture of this dude. I like that it was forced perspective. You're 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 saying about your nose what Peter Jackson did with like the hobbits to achieve like height disparity, which yes. is amazing. <laughs> oh, let's see here. I'm gonna shut there he is. He's proud of that nose, man. Look at him. There I look like this dude. I like the black version of this in that picture. <laughs> Jesus, that is me. That that is me, man. <laughs> that's not fake. That's not like a Steve Martin, Roxanne situation. This no, is under heavy prosthetics. No? That's not a prosthetic nose, man. That is that's that dude's nose, and he like he was one of those guys who was probably made fun of for his nose his whole life, and finally said, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna embrace it. Yeah. And I Good look like him. if you if somebody was to pull up that picture of me in Toronto when I was drunk, I look just like him, man. This this particular picture right here. I look just like that. And he always used to sing like this. They did, yeah, they, the only thing I think of, they had a commercial called Crispy Critters. And they had these puppets with these big noses that, that, that sang like him. Well, this is Crispy Critters. You'll love the crunch. Ha, cha, 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 cha. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> Let me see if somebody found that picture. <laughs> did they find the Thriller one, though? Because that one is the greatest one of all time. Now tell me that this picture don't look like this picture right here. <laughs> oh, Bobby. <laughs> you know the worst thing is like I we were like you were so fucking happy in that moment too. That's like the most genuinely happy I've ever seen you. And I feel like it's sad that we immortalized that and both very good. I know, and, and Julian had to take it and turn to something ugly. Like literally ugly right there. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like was, how you were genuinely happy to have a both a, a phone and a flash in your face at the same time. Like, look at how just unrelentingly happy you are there. <laughs> so about to say, I got a Kool Aid smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was. Uh, but that was that was a great show. I had a great time during that show, man. Obviously. <laughs> I was well, let me ask you. I know, I know we need to get started with the show, but yeah. I'm curious because you have done multiple shows and you've done uh, you've done well. You've done L.A. and New York. You've done a couple of uh, Chicago and stuff like that. But like how does Toronto uh, like, you know, uh, as a city, how does it rank with all the other shows that you did in terms of the hospitality and stuff like that that you received? Toronto was I don't know. I think we have more people than we thought we would. Some people even bought tickets at the door and mm -hmm. uh, we filled the place up. So Toronto was cool. Uh, I want to do Toronto again. I still have to say that New York and Chicago and even L.A., has given us some of our best shows. But Toronto was up there for being our first official foreign country show. Now, Toronto was awesome, man, because I'm going to tell you something. The, the people were some of the most supportive people, probably, like, like seriously, some of the most supportive people that we've ever 
ever had in Toronto, man. Yeah. Like, you like, say supportive. I say enablers. Uh, people just kept buying me drinks before I went on stage. So by the time you called me on stage, I was like seven vodkas deep. Anything bad could have happened. And instead, we got a great Ryan Walterson moment and it was fine, but horrifying. And people are nice to my alcoholism's detriment. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, no, they the, uh, very much detrimental to your alcoholism because whenever we do some shows, if they don't know us that well, we haven't been proven. Uh, then they, 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 they're kind of venues are maybe the maybe this is a maybe it's a little harsh, but skeptical of us. Sure. And and then after we're done with the show, they're very happy that we were able to fill the place. Speaking of alcoholism, these people buy tons of alcohol. We did not even have to pay for anything at that venue that we were at because they they exceeded the alcohol purchasing level over there, and. So the 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 manager of the bar, he came in. He said, "Hey man, you guys did a great show. People were loving it. They kept buying drinks. It's amazing. You filled the place. Uh, I went ahead and gave you three bottles of alcohol in the green room. And he because he said because he oh I remember he asked me he said what what drinks do you like? And I thought he was gonna give me a shot because he came it, back with a bullet. <clears throat> he came back. Yeah, he he put a. He put bullet back there. He put tequila and vodka, I think. So we, I, I invited enough people in the back because I said there's a lot of alcohol. So I just invited some people in the back just to kind of drink up. But that bourbon was half full, man. And I went ahead and I just said, fuck it, man. I'm not. It would be this guy gave us his bottle. This would be pretty fucking disrespectful if I did not drink that all. And so that is why that is why I'm looking like this, man, because I drank half a bottle of bullet by myself. Wait, Walterson found the video. Can you click on the video? Oh, let me see. Oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it is that magical. It deserves to be seen. He found it on the, yeah, he found it on the on the Facebook page. Uh, let me see. Oh, well, let everybody know Danielle is back in town. I'm gonna be hanging with Danielle tonight. Danielle is here. That's amazing. Yeah. She broke up with her boyfriend, so you know she's going fucking crazy right now. <clears throat> oh, here it is. This video. Man, I'm embarrassed by this video, but you guys demanded it. So I'm gonna play it. Here it is. I don't wanna drink that shit. I'm Corey Coleman. And I don't endorse this message. <laughs> so drunk right there oh, man. i don't know so pretty <laughs> like, you know sometimes people be embellishing that shit there's nothing embellishment about that like you were just fucking hammered and it's amazing <laughs> hey, let me put this wide screen so y'all can see this bit. i don't want to drink that shit i'm Corey coleman and i don't endorse this message <laughs> Motherfucker, you have doll eyes. You have like fucking Jaws' eyes. <laughs> I look at. I'm getting. I'm getting uh, nauseous just watching that, man. <laughs> You're getting a contact drunk, yeah. <laughs> Off myself. <laughs> But I am so drunk in that fucking video, man. I forgot how drunk I was. I can't even talk. I can't even focus, man. Oh, let me see here. Yeah, this is a. Uh... Yeah, this is after I drank half a bottle of bourbon. You got to keep in mind, I've been taking shots before the show. 
drank that yeah. bottle of bourbon, took shots after the show. And you can see I'm taking shots there at the bar right now. I don't know what the fuck. How did I get through this night? I don't want to drink that shit. I'm Corey Coleman. And I don't endorse this message. <laughs> I don't endorse this method. <laughs> How did you get home? I drove you home the first night from that one bar, but I don't know how you got home. And I'm actually terrified now because, like, what knows what? Who knows what sins you may have committed on the way back to that Airbnb? I have no idea how I got home. Somehow, I remember being able to go to the bar and took a cool ass picture with uh, the rest. I think you were in the picture too. We took like this. We took like an Ocean's Eleven Rat Pack type picture. I think Julian might have taken that picture too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. but. I do remember going to a poutine place because I'd never really had poutine before. Mm. And I remember poutine probably, that was a thing that saved my life, man. And I, <laughs> and I remember at some point throwing up poutine too, of course. But yeah, I, I have no clue how I got home, man. I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember half this shit. No, I mean, again, I just want to point out that the scenery outside of this is a city that is damn like, you know, like when Philly wins championships and they're punching horses and lighting shit on fire. It was a slightly less intense version of that, but still pretty fucking happening. So, you know, I want to make a movie about that. That's like in real time. It's just your exploits over those two hours. We have like a little clock on the bottom right corner screen and we just show this apocalyptic tale about how you barely made it home. Yeah, I'd have sometimes in these cities, man, I have no idea how I got to half the places that I got to. There was a night. There was a night that uh, I remember I was walking around the city. I had let me be honest with you. I was I, I, I had more drugs than I had to drink, being <laughs> honest with you. And uh, and I, I, I so I wasn't like drunk stumbling around the city. I was I, I was I guess it's in London. Yeah, I was in London. Yeah, I was, I, I was, yeah, I had taken something. And I was walking around the city, man, and kind of got blacked out while I was walking. Like, I ended up, like, I stopped for a second and just realized, how did I get here? I don't know where I am. And could not retrace my steps to get back where I was. Ooh, I somehow found, I, I had some people that found me because <laughs> they, they were looking <laughs> for me. But I was like, I have no, and I wasn't, like, drunk. I was like, man, I feel okay. It's, I just don't fucking understand how I got here. I really don't know where I am right now. Yeah. So, yeah. It's always disorienting. I mean, and I we will definitely start the show now. I'm sorry. But, like, the day of the Toronto show, you may recall, you got there early for sound check. I didn't. I was in old Toronto. So I walked. I'm like, it's going to be beautiful. Let me just walk there. And then, like, a biblical fucking flood <laughs> happened. Like, do you remember the downpour of rain that happened right before our show in Toronto? Uh, yes. And it, and it was just, like, lightning and everything was fucking happening. And I had no idea where I was going. I was just going in circles around uh, an actual flood in downtown Toronto. Uh, people, that is not, no, I, I, I remember that. I do No, people. That is not the infamous night where I got a concussion, was bleed from the head and, and people spiked my drink. I, that, no, they took me to an ATM and I don't, and after that, I don't know where I went. That was another night. I regret that. I've been trying to make up for that night ever since that happened. Cause a lot of people, we had we threw one of the biggest parties we could, but people told me they kept, I'm okay. I'm going to tell you this. People told me people were spiking my drinks, actually, because <laughs> like they, they wanted to see me drunk. They were spiking my drink. The ceilings were low. I'm tall. I jumped up and, like, I got a <laughs> scar on my head from London where I was oh, bleeding no. and shit. Um, and this is the last thing I'll, and we'll go on with the show. There's a couple of times I went to London, and I think this helped me black out, too. I had this thing called a flaming Lamborghini. There's this dude 
who looked crazy. And every time I went to London, he was at our parties. He, I remember he had, it's going to sound racist, but I don't mean it this way at all. Because all I remember is an afro, eyes, and teeth. He was like a, he was like a Cheshire cat with an afro. And this dude always dared me to drink flaming uh, Lamborghinis with him. And it's where they just throw a bunch of alcohol that does not need to be mingling together in one glass. They set it on fire and you, you doubt it. You know, you take it to the head and, 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 sh and you shoot that shit, man. And I remember taking that and I might as well have taken like some actual drugs because things became blurry immediately. Things, the reality shifted. And the first time I did it, that's that night I got lost in London and they found me and I was okay. The second time, between everything, between a concussion and shots and being spiked, I took those flaming Lamborghinis and I think that pushed me over Niagara Falls, man. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a cool story. But listen, you said Afro with glasses and my mind went to the fucking weirdest Pixar movie ever where every you could have like a pompadour with glasses and teeth and shit like that. I don't know. That was a nightmare vision that you just showed me. I'm sorry, though. And at least you lived, right? Like there, barely, are, there are barely versions of that story that end way worse than Barely, but I'm here, people, and I'm here <laughs> to do these shows, which we should be getting into right now. Are you ready, Christian? I'm ready, sir. People, you know, I've talked about it. Got even some, uh, somebody said your booty hurt. No, no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't know, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe it did. I wouldn't know at the time. I'll tell you one thing I'm hurt about. I'm hurt about this news that I hear from D.C., man. You know, some people, they understand, some people Say, all right, we we disagree. Some people are downright mad about my review of Aquaman. Was not crazy about the film, but I will tell you this. I'm a fair man. There is one part of that movie that I actually love. Not just like, but love. What the hell are these things? The trench! We're here! The trench, people, with those, those uh, mutant piranha people up in here. That was a great part of the movie because the movie's directed by James Wan. That was James Wan flexing his 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 horror muscles right here, making this was like a mini horror movie in the middle of this superhero film, which I thought was pretty ambitious, and I liked it, man. Which is when you know I was very excited to hear that D, that that Warner Brothers DC they said you know something that part with Corey Coleman you liked that part so much, we got you, man. For you, just for you. We're going to make a whole spinoff from this. A horror spinoff from Aquaman. Bold. Different. Even risky. Ambitious. And DC Warner Brothers said, and that is exactly why we're not doing this shit. It's a little bit too risky, man. They've canceled that and also Ava DuVernay's New Gods. Christian, you want to tell us more about this? I will. Uh, and I'll just preface it with this, man. I'm, I've been having a bad feeling. Uh, and you you and everyone else have told me, hey, don't worry about it. There's no possible way this is going to happen. All right. You're, all your fears are unfounded. Uh, but I've been having this progressively bad feeling since the Snyder Cut came out, which in and of itself was something that everyone told me wasn't going to happen. And yet we got the Snyder Cut um, and it's been successfully kind of received. 
I've been really scared that DC would take the wrong lessons from that success and double down and, and you know, go back to the Snyderverse and stuff like that. And you told me I was crazy. And I said, OK, maybe I'm crazy. But then this news broke. And I got to tell you, it makes me feel some kind of way. Now, the the trench, I think that's a missed opportunity. James Wan was even uh, likely to direct that film. I think a horror tinged. Uh, Aquaman adjacent film would have been awesome, but that's not the end all be all. That's not what makes me feel so scared here. Uh, Ava DuVarney was doing um, New Gods, right? Which if you know a little bit of your comic history was uh, after Jack Kirby left Marvel, he went over to DC and created a, um, you know, a whole new line of everything, right? He was doing the fourth world, I believe it was called. Had to write it down because it was like fourth dimension, fourth world. Okay. Uh, and uh, one of the most famous creatures, characters that came out of the fourth world was Darkseid, right? Uh, they were de- they were developing this, and it was going to bring Darkseid into the fold, ver- um, you know, officially into the DCEU. And I think that that's the kind of thing <clears throat> on its own that screams sort of like a end game event, right? You can actually incorporate him, build something up towards a big final cataclysmic battle. Um, And why wouldn't you do that, right? Why wouldn't you do that? And the only thing I can fucking think of is because maybe, and I have no proof of this, but talk me off the ledge, baby. Maybe the Snyder Cut success with that version of Darkseid is making them sort of uh, reverse course. And then yesterday, THR comes out and reports that, yes, in fact, DC is once again looking at an interconnected universe. They're going to try to do it all over again. So my question to you is this. Do you think that these are just coincidental cancellations that we have nothing to worry about? Or do you think here we are after the warm reception of the Snyder Cut with a version of Darkseid already on the screens that we are somehow going to shoehorn in and revive this Snyderverse? What do you think, sir? Oh, well, that's that's something that I would have told you yesterday that maybe that's an overreaction. Let's wait and see what happens, because my whole thing with them canceling new gods and also uh this uh you know the trench i thought because well it's 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 because they don't want to do an interconnected universe maybe at some point they'll get back on it but i thought that the trench while i love that scene man that's you know directly connected to Aquaman, and maybe they're still thinking like that's connected to a movie where people still confuse it with trying to connect it to a bigger universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Side, you know, Dark Side is directly connected to this uh, th- this Snyderverse. I'm just pulling up Dark Side right here. You know, Dark Side is directly connected to the Snyderverse, and which I didn't know if they were still gonna do or not. Or on Earth, he found a secret there, a power hidden in the infinity of space. He called forth mystics who worshiped and controlled three objects. You know, and I thought, all right, you're just doing Snyder a favor. You're letting him do the, uh, he, a courtesy out of respect for the tragedy in your life when your daughter committed suicide and you didn't get to finish the film. I, that's what I, that's why I think everybody was behind this, no matter what, even if you don't like Zack Snyder, it's like, all right, you know what? That's, that's a hell of a thing to deal with when you're in the middle of a movie and everybody can understand you having to leave. So I thought, all right, you know what? With those two movies connected to this whole universe building thing, all right, we won't, we won't do these anymore because obviously we're moving forward with these standalone movies that who knows what will happen with those one day. But now that I see this news right here where DC Films is going to try to build an interconnected universe again, well, now that people are reporting it, yeah, I'm like you, man. It gets, that, that's, that makes me worry a little bit. 
Yeah, I have some feelings about it. And it's like, look, I, I don't want to be the person like I personally didn't love the Snyder Cut, but everyone else seems to like it. And I am so happy that everyone is thrilled with it. But I do think that it's sort of taking the successes that they've had subsequently. Right. They hit the reboot button. And no matter how you feel about Aquaman or how you felt about Wonder Woman or any of these other things, it's like the standalone thing made sense and it paid dividends. Right. So now if you want to do an interconnected universe, it sort of makes more sense because we've spent time with these characters and we sort of understand them, you know, but it raises so many other questions And that same report, by the way, and I didn't grab a picture. I'm very sorry. Uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman is a different universe. They're going to call that earth Two. That Batman has fucking nothing to do with any of the, the flashes or uh, black Adams that are going to come out here. So it seems like they're already flirting with multiverse stuff. But it seems like what they're going to do is have little outliers. They're going to have mm -hmm. Jokers. They're going to have the Batmans. But they're definitely, I think, still going full uh, steam ahead. And my question to you is, like, if you're not Warner Brothers and you're looking at the success of the Snyder Cut and you're looking at, like, well, maybe we had it right. We just needed to build all this legwork first. I just think that it's much easier to keep going down that road rather than trying to put everything else back together. I'm just wondering if, like, is it going to be more successful yeah. now, even if it's all doom and gloom? purely because we spent more time with some of these solo characters, we understand them a little bit more, or do you think that this is something where they will try to start from scratch and, uh, and, and maybe it'll be more successful? No, man, no. Look, God damn it, just because, <laughs> what do we, will we, will we ever learn? Shit. I mean, what do you want? To, what, people, let me go over here and find this. People Again, I just want to point out that you kept telling me for years that the Snyder Cut was nothing. Like, it was never going to be a thing. Like, everyone was telling me that. And that's my point. As unlikely as it may have seemed at one point, it's a thing, it's real, and it's a success. And we know that DC loves to chase the thing that made them successful. They basically made a dark Superman or DC universe because of how dark and gritty Nolan's Batman oh, yeah. movies were. And I don't want to backtrack on what I, on what I said because I did say that. And I probably meant it that way that, that you know, that, that this Snyder Cut out there, there's no Snyder Cut. Because honestly, there was not at the time when they were talking about this. And I, you can see me in, a, in, 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 in discussions and videos saying that. I said, man, you know, these people saying release the Snyder Cut. There's no fucking Snyder Cut. That wasn't when they were asking for it. And then when, they, when the news came out that they said, all right, let's go ahead and let this guy come in and shoot some new stuff and re-edit things. Okay, I, listen, I would, give the, the, I would give the fans this. They put on a, a, a campaign, a grassroots effort. They, you know, they, they, they had their voices heard strong enough to where they made it happen. Hey, congratulations. I admire that. I, haven't, I, I, I don't hate these fans. It's only when these fans start trying to tear the shit down. You know, they're trying to ruin King Kong's and Godzilla's career so <laughs> their movies so that they that they can, like, uh, hijack success from that to, like, almost like a, a terrorist in a way coming in and trying to, like, tear that apart so they can have their demands met. I only hate when the fans do that. At the time that they were asking for this, there was no Snyder Cut. They made it happen, and I'm fine with that. But when now, you're not going to be able to, like, all of a sudden get back on track and try to do, and I'm just going to say it and people are not going to like it, just because you had one movie that you cut together and made a more coherent film, everybody's looking at, at, at the movie that way. Nobody's saying that this is a great film. Well, some people are, but I'm going to give my opinion. I'm not saying that this is a great film. I think it's a good film. I think it's a cool experiment. I think it's great that they gave these fans what they wanted and... They gave Zack Snyder a second chance to come in and prove that he did have a better movie there. But this ain't a, this is still not a movie that's a jumping ground for trying to do what fucking Marvel did for 10 years. 
If one movie, one re-edit and reshoot does not count for trying to go back in and get this universe started. And y'all about to fuck up again if you do this, I think, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I want to say that you're wrong, but at the same time, we've had – even if you didn't like Wonder Woman 84, right? Like we've now had two Wonder Woman films. We had an Aquaman film, which unless I'm messing this up, Aquaman came out after Whedon's Justice League. So my point is we just didn't know any of these characters. Yeah. And if they're going to make Justice League this four-hour cut, which would never have been released in theaters, I think that's an important thing to remember here is that they had the avenue of HBO Max to release something like that. But that's the other big gamut to remember is that they see what Marvel's doing over there with Disney where they are now straight up making series that are on par – with the films and furthermore are connected to those films. They're looking at it as an opportunity to go back and like, hey, we can put all of this stuff and we can make a television and a movie multiverse yeah. sort of thing. And I, and and again, I just think that it's like the story of the Snyder Cut is a is much better than the movie The Snyder Cut, right? Yeah. You said it. There was tragedy and like, oh, it's so unlikely anyone ever gets to go in after the fact and do it. I was everyone's rooting for that dude's personal story. As a film, I don't really think it's great, but I think that it was a big enough success that they are straight up making those fucking calculations. And to cancel something like New Gods, which had Ava DuVernay, who's fucking a wonderful, wonderful director, uh, who had Tom King, who's sometimes very great as a writer and sometimes not so great. Uh, but to have that kind of like in-house DC talent and to have a, a high-profile filmmaker, and the reason you cancel that is what? Is it really bad or is it because it contradicts with other plans that you think you might have now? Snyder introduced Darkseid, made him a big, big bad. Yeah. I just think, you know, and I want to be wrong, man, but I told you, you know, every, every now and then I'll go look at those Phantom Menace reviews where people are coming out of the Phantom Menace and they're like, this is the great, there were seven wonders of the world and this film is now the eighth wonder of the world. It's like we all get hyped up sometimes and it takes a couple years societally before we live down that kind of low point. Uh, lest I remind everybody, like Who Let the Dogs Out was the number one song in America for like seven weeks and we all have to share that L, okay? So my point is like people have done things because a moment has been been big enough there's been enough fervor in the moment and i'm literally thinking dc is about to double down on something that they really shouldn't well a lot of people today again for some reason think that i'm like i joke about it but they really do think i'm a marvel bitch to where i i'm 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 team this and team that. I'm team Marvel and over dc i'm you know everybody's so used to compartmentalizing their minds and thinking putting and you know, if you if you like this or you criticize this, uh, then you hate that or you love this. You know, it's, people still say you you hate DC. I have been so supportive of DC and what they've been doing, especially of this new initiative. I gave Justice League a favorable review. I liked it. I liked it for what it for what it was. Like I said, an experiment and a chance to show something that was intended. Instead of what they cobbled together at the studio, I like what they. I, I like the stuff that they've seen. I listen. I've. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I like the stuff I've seen that they've been doing. I. You know me, man. I love Joker, man. I love that film. Uh, Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? You know, with them going off and doing their rated R initiatives now, like, uh, with with things like Joker and and now that we've seen what they're doing with. Suicide Squad. This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. You know, they are really, and what I've seen with the Batman, I'm a huge fan of what DC is doing. I'm a huge fucking fan. I'll kiss that. I'm all up in their ass right now, man. I think, I actually, I, 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 
I praise DC for actually doing something that Marvel can't do as of right now, which now, and this is one of, one of the few times, one of the few times I think Marvel's looking at DC and saying, shit, maybe we should do that. I think you're getting a rated R Deadpool because of the rated R success that DC is having with their films. So point is, is that when DC really started being DC, when they started being them, they looking at Marvel, you do you, we gonna do me. And when they start doing their own thing, that's when they started having that success. When did they start, when, when, what was that thing, their own thing? Getting off of that, getting off of Marvel's dick and quit trying to create a universe, that's where everything was wrong when they tried to create a universe. When they go right, when they stopped that shit. And if they actually had organic pieces in place to kick off a universe, then fine, do it. But they don't. They're getting. They're starting to make the same goddamn mistake they made the first time around, calling this man in, Zack Snyder, and saying, "Hey, what? You hey, hey, you know what? You got this, man. Why don't you oversee everything that we do? We're going back to fucking square one, man, with this. And that and that's a mistake. You are doing so well. Why are we trying to force? Why are we trying to force this shit again? There's no need for it." No, because literally we remember the most recent success, and that's the only thing that happens. If you look at the movies they have coming out, right? You have to take Batman out because, as I said earlier, not a part of the shared interconnected universe that they're trying to build, right? But you have a Shazam sequel. You got an Aquaman sequel. You got Black Adam, and you have Flashpoint, right? And I guess Suicide Squad. So you have that that's supposed to be shared within a universe, and that's not like Marvel where you have like – I mean I feel like Marvel has – twice as many things in development um and maybe that's because of the tv side of it like i said but it's still like they have this planned out so far ahead that it feels like any like kevin feige is not gonna be able to 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 180 any decisions right off the bat right when your boat is so big it takes a minute to turn the entire tide of the boat uh dc doesn't seem like they're that far ahead and i think they're looking at what they have now canceling other things that are incongruous with what they're trying to do and now they're they're they have a decision to make. And I think you'd be absolutely insane to say that they're not at least considering this shit based on the reception of the Snyder Cut. Yeah, I would I would beg them. Listen, if they've surprised us, they, they, they constantly surprise us with the, the stuff that they're doing right now. Who knew Joker was going to be as big as it is? Who knew that doing? Another, I, and I tell you how much I'm behind them, man. I tell you how much I'm on their side. I'm on their side so much that I am. I'm actually, I'm for, I'm even for the, uh, the, the, the David Ayer cut. Like I'm, I'm do a lot, go out and experiment, try things, reshoot things. David, we just had this discussion last night. David Ayer, he wants his cut of Suicide Squad. And I understand why, you know, which would be, I could, I think great content for HBO Max if they want to put it out there, you know, them doing the whole experimental phase doing things that other people aren't doing with comic books, doing things that people say you shouldn't do with the comic book genre. Oh, you can't push it that hard R right there. You know, uh, and I know Deadpool was uh, rated R before, you know, some of these things were, so was Logan. But that's when yeah, they went under 20th Century Fox, which is why I was upset that 20th Century Fox got pulled under Disney because I thought, you know, now they're going to have Oh, they finally figured out how to do interesting stuff with their material? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you know, not, and, and you know, as long as you're doing interesting things, I think that's cool, and DC was doing that, playing with the rated R format, allowing people to reshoot stuff, taking on different tones, creating all, creating all these things like a, a like a series of standalone graphic novels instead of going in and trying to uh, create a universe. I thought that that was their strength, and so if 
if this whole Snyder Cut thing has made them think like, oh, well, shouldn't everybody love these characters again? We can have the further adventures of and bring everybody else into the fold. It's like, nah, man, it's a bad idea, I think. It's a bad idea. But at the, at the same time, you know, they fooled us before, uh, or surprised us before. So who knows what will happen, man? You know, if they got, a, if they have a plan, because that's what was wrong before. I'm going to pass this to you. If they, if, before, they didn't have a plan, and it showed. But if they have a if they have a God honest plan right now, then do it. We're going to see um, uh, momentum. There are people, there are justice league cast members who are like restore the Snyderverse, And who's the death stroke. Joe imaginally on, I don't know his name, Joe M we're going to call him. So Farrah Vergara's husband, that dude, uh, he's like joining the bandwagon. He's also like restore the Snyderverse. I think there is a big momentum and I, and I'm going to, beg Warner Brothers not to go for the low-hanging fruit yeah. uh, and, and and decide to like really do what they're doing. I agree with you. When they had gotten, kind of done this thing that had individual personality film by film, it made a lot more sense. These are comic book films, man. Comic books, they, they didn't start Justice League first. You know, they did a Batman. They did a Superman. They like gave you people to care about. They gave them actual pathos and, and origin stories. And then once you knew that and understood that, you put them together. And I'm not saying you need to do that for Batman and Superman. Their origins and pathos are pretty well established. But for any of the other stuff, if you're going to do a connected universe, there's a reason Marvel waited 10 years to sort of get to where they were getting to. Yeah. yeah. You know, for everybody that is on a high right now from this Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. And let me let me move this up here. Oh, let me see here. Everybody that's on a high right now from this Snyder cut and now is begging for them to put together the Snyderverse. Keep in mind, this is somebody who liked Justice League and what they did. It bears repeating over and over again, unless you because people have very short attention spans and memories when it comes to this because everybody wants to hate but let me remind you the movie itself from what we had and what was put together interesting anywhere from interesting to good to man that was uh you know that 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 took me by surprise but let's not forget what happened when they continued on from that movie all the stuff that all the stuff with plans to make this 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 universe expand mm-hmm Let's let us not forget what what the what they showed us at the end of that movie, for how this could spin off and go into other things. You know, it's funny. You would talk about people who died in my arms, because when I held Harley Quinn and she was bleeding and dying, she begged me with her last breath. And when I killed you, and make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. Then I do it slow. I'm gonna honor that promise. Maybe this will come in handy. Honor? Really, Bruce? Honor? We live in a society where honor Memory. Now that's re-edited from what we originally saw, but I guess the point across that that Joker was not any better than <laughs> what we saw from Suicide Squad. That those scenes right there were kind of as cringy as some of the stuff that we saw from the last, uh, the, the 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 non-Snyder cut. Uh, yeah, man. Look, you know this. 
Well, that entire epilogue, honestly, made me because like I think the first six parts like, OK, that's a solid film, whatever. But that epilogue really kind of makes me want to double down on Zack Snyder should be not like let anywhere near the rest of this franchise because it shows sort of the worst tendencies that he has as a storyteller. And I agree with you. Jared Leto is somehow even worse, even though he's not like damaged and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, you know, it just, it, it, at least it's not because it, I even I was willing to give it a chance. If nothing else, if it's not worse, it's just still not good. You know, let's not forget the Martian Manhunter, how that was introduced. Let's not forget a lot of these scenes that just did not, which sold people's four hours and a lot of it was was better than it wasn't. So a lot of those little bad things in there can be easily forgotten or looked over, glossed over. But let's not forget some of the things in that movie that didn't work. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to continue with that, man. I want to move on. Here's an addendum to my wife getting too high to watch King Kong story. We then put on the Snyder cut because I'm like, it's so bad. You're going to laugh so hard. You're going to really enjoy this movie. And she did. She thought it was very funny. We got an hour in and we had to stop at the scene where Diana saves everybody. Spoiler alert. And the little girl is like, can I be like you? And Diana earnestly says, you can be whatever you want. No, she can't. You're a literal fucking God, Diana. Like that's irresponsible <laughs> advice to give to a child. He's going to go out there and try to stop bullets with her fucking hands. Now Th that's what I'm There's so many little moments like that, that kind of like logically don't make sense that are not good. Martian Manhunter, like you said. And so it's like, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. It's a really cool comeback story. I'm very happy for Zack Snyder. Yeah. He got his victory lap. Let him leave the fucking arena now. Yeah. And I'm not, and listen, I, I, I like Zack Snyder as a director, man. I, and I, the the hard thing to do is to come in and criticize this and without making it seem like you are taking this personal or talking about this guy uh, in a personal way or trashing him, which I'm not doing, man. I really am not doing it at all. I I like Zack Snyder. I'm extremely happy for him, and I'm looking forward to Army of the Dead and some other things that he does. I'm not not I'm not a fan of every one of his films. I really hate Sucker Punch. Uh, you know, again, nothing personal, but yeah, man. I, I'm just saying, it's from a strict business point of view. They're doing what studios do, man. And that's, that's what I can really sum it down to and, and, and move on from this discussion. I, they're doing what studios always do. They see something that's a success. They see something that people are going crazy about. And all they want to do is double down on it until they kill it or they prove that it doesn't work for everything. You know, it's a studio move, man. And it's a studio move, and the studio had something that was that was already working. You know, they were on a good path right now. They were DC's doing so great with some of the projects that they're doing right now, and to try to, to I wouldn't even mind if you made another Zack Snyder movie, you know, superhero film, even with some DC characters. But if we're trying to go in and make multiple films and have Zack Snyder define those movies and define this universe, and he's going to be the one to come in and resurrect this universe. Back to square one. And square one was pretty bad. I have a feeling we have not heard the last of this whole conversation. So you know, we'll we'll be back to update it whenever the inevitable news kind of breaks. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. You know, I, I'm. It's just funny. It's like almost like, like right when DC has something going good, man, they put both those feet up and just put a bullet through those <laughs> through the through the shoes, man. It's like you know, shoot themselves in the foot. It's like wow. 
we were doing so well. Why are we have? Why why are we doing this again? Ah, fucking anyway. Well, I just I like that everyone sort of forgets that he had final cut on Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. I know there's a director's cut, but it's not like he faced the same kind of problems that he had with Justice League. Both of those films were successes, but neither grossed a billion dollars. In fact, Aquaman I think it grossed more than them, and Wonder Woman I believe grossed more than them. Uh, so my point is that it's like you know they have successes outside of that when they decided we're, we're going to go yeah. forward we're going to move away from this and then they're throwing that away because of one good reception i have no fucking idea what's going on why aren't we running hollywood that's all i'm asking marvel's ahead of you <laughs> all right fucking face it they're ahead of you you're not going to catch up at this point do your own shit marvel's not only got the movies and the movies going strong and they're able to kind of interact with each other in a natural way but they got television shows now where all those shows are interacting with their universe you're not gonna catch up move the fuck on you're not you're never gonna catch up with them at this point maybe if you play it right but you're not gonna do it at this point stop do your own shit because you were doing it well God damn, you're going to make me say some old shit that the kids, that's even, that's even old with the kids right now, but fuck it. I'm going to throw it out there. Stay in your goddamn lane. Shit. <laughs> Quit swerving all over the fucking road. <laughs> I love this. I, this is what I just got to piss you off more often and just like, you know, put a nickel in you and let you go off and yell for 20 but minutes. I just start thinking of One Division and, and I just got to watching The Falcon before I got on here and I'm thinking, man, they're fucking gone. You still yeah, the train left the state. You're not catching up. No, it's over. Yeah. They they dropped the flag and said go, and Marvel said no. You still up there trying to start the fucking car? You're not going to catch up with them. Stop doing this shit. As, I mean, I said because I was right. I was thinking, how can I just put this to them? If I was in a room with a DC executive right now, what would I say to just make it seem like I could get through the the, the, the thick fucking skulls? And that would be it. You're not going to fucking catch up. Now go back and make some fucking standalone great films. Until you What's figure out a plan about this very quickly is I just listened to a really interesting podcast that's called Business Wars and it talked about Marvel and DC and DC was always way more popular for forever. What Marvel did said, fuck you, we're going to zig when you zag. OK, everything you're doing, we're going to do a little bit differently. Uh, and then at some point, like Marvel ends up overtaking DC and DC tries to do everything that's Marvel's doing and Marvel then purposely stops doing the thing that they're trying to copy. Like well, my point is that DC was successful when they were off marching to the beat of their own drum like trying to do anything else has never been a recipe in your entire uh company's history for success so do your own fucking thing yeah people god damn all right moving on shit moving on to somebody that knows maybe what the fuck they're doing <laughs> for a change maybe 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 well they definitely knew what they were doing when they made that movie knives out which was a surprisingly big hit. I mean, people thought it would be good and it would be successful, but people know that they're going to be walking out talking about, God damn, look at those numbers. Whoops. Gentlemen, I would like to request that you all stay until the investigation is completed. What? Can we ask why? Has something changed? No. No, it hasn't changed, or no, we can't ask. I'm going to live Till I die. You think one of his family walls walls killed? Is that what you're suggesting? You all love twisting the knife into one another. A little bit of an exaggerated ending and solution to the film, but that's not the that's not the new to, to to mysteries and the the traditional Agatha 
Christie type of uh, mysteries that we've seen or the, the, the murder she wrote type mysteries out there. You know, a uh, lot of fun. The movie was a lot of fun is what people said. So it's an, it, with the box office success that this movie had, and we'll talk about this more in a little bit with the box, the, the extraordinary box office success that this movie had. Uh, a lot of people said, you know, yeah, no brainer that they're going to be doing a sequel. That's going to be going to the theaters pretty soon. And that's when Netflix came in with a wad of cash and said, theaters, but theaters, what you doing walking up in that old shit right here? Man, let's talk about the future. We talking about streaming, baby. Come on over here and let us holler at you for a moment. They paid a lot of money for not one, but two sequels out there. What does this mean, Christian? Uh, It means that Netflix ain't fucking around. It means that Ryan Johnson's a very rich man, and it also means be a businessman like Ryan Johnson, okay? Uh, because I, I thought this was very interesting, and I don't want to get too inside baseball here, but the reason he was able to do this is because he negotiated, he owns the rights to the film, and he negotiated a one-time licensing thing with Lionsgate, right? So he was always able to take his sequel wherever he wanted to. In the last couple of weeks, there was a bidding war between Amazon, Apple, and Netflix. Netflix ends up coming out on top, spending $450 million dollars. 450, almost half a billion dollars on two more of these movies, which is an insane amount. And yes, this covers the production budgets for both. But like, let me remind you that the first one cost 40 million to make. These aren't tentpole films. They're not Mm going to, you know, eat into that budget. So what this is, is a tremendous payday for everyone. And it gives Netflix the sort of unimpeachable content that we're going to talk about next in the, in the next story, which is like, we're on an arms race and people need to secure talent and they need to secure projects. It's not enough just to secure talent anymore. Uh, you may remember that Netflix, uh, spent an inordinate amount of money giving an overall deal to, uh, Ryan Murphy, the guy who did American horror story and stuff. Oh yeah. They yeah. gave that guy $300 million, but as a part of that deal, he had to make four to five different shows. Ryan Johnson got $450 million for two, two hour movies. So when you start breaking down that number, you're like, Jesus Christ, this sort of is the future where it's not enough just to get talent anymore. We need to get talent with pre-established, uh, properties and IP that we can sort of bring into the fold. Uh, I mean, let me let me kind of turn this around and ask you, which is that there was some report about whether, oh, this might play in theaters and on Netflix. And, I, and it feels like that was an antiquated question that the Scorsese's of the world uh, would have made happen, right? Because they have this deference and reverence for the theaters. Mm-hmm. But I think we all sort of look at it now that if you're on Netflix, way more eyeballs are going to see your movie than they would in a theater. Uh, and so I guess what I'm saying is this like to be one of the first sort of beginning of the ends for the theatrical experience in terms of like theaters are always going to be around. But I think creatives are going to end up taking their stuff to streamers like Amazon, HBO Max and Netflix. Well, it's definitely speaking to what people have been saying about the future of what kind of movies the theaters are going to be showing. So we always talked about lately when we were talking about what a theater is going to be like, what is streaming going to be like, um, even producers and, and studio heads are even saying now, they said, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but it seems like it's going the direction of your big event films out there, your big tentpole films, your, your Marvel films. You know, your Star Wars movies, you know, your big Disney uh, big budget films, the highest of highest IPs out there going to the theater, being like sports events or something. And then they're going to they're going to push to have mid tier movies or mid level films or movies that aren't as eventful as those movies. They're going to start 
going to streaming. Streaming is going to start paying for the entertainment because one, it's not going to cost them a whole lot of money to make these movies, but with more eyes watching them, they're going to probably reap more rewards from that. So then, and when we say push, it makes it sound like theaters are pushing these films out and these out into the cold, almost in a disrespectful kind of way. But nah, man, you know, you definitely, I think, as you just said, you with so many people at home and so many streaming services being be, being subscribed to, and 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 just these 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 streaming services being more easily accessed because you are at home, you're gonna have more people watching these movies, man. Probably than you would at the theater, and so that's that's I, uh, you know in a way, it has yet to be seen, but it could be argued that in a way that's a win for the streaming service because they got these properties that are exclusive to them, and then that's a win for the directors because in the in the in the theaters they were being overshadowed by these you know because that was that was complaint we're being overshadowed by superhero movies goddamn these superhero movies they suck fuck them, but. Now that we're seeing that people are starting to carve out a space for themselves instead of being in competition. And yeah, man, you know, your independent movies are definitely going to win now from streaming services. Probably be easier to negotiate deals for those movies to be seen in wider places. And yeah, then you get movies like these where, hey, no disrespect. You know, you're not a Marvel movie, but that's not a bad thing. You're just as good. You just don't cost as much and you're not going to get as many people as the Avengers. So yeah, let's just put you on a streaming service and everybody's going to win from that, at least in theory. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because what we talk about constantly is we decry the lack of original ideas and and it's original. Yes, it's playing with the whodunit and Agatha Christie and stuff, but it is an original idea, right? Benoit Blanc is an original character, even if he's a little bit like Hercule Poirot, right? So it's like it's one of those things where we constantly decry that there's no uh, originality. And yet when we get originalities, the studios don't want to spend the same kind of money to secure those films coming out for them. And and the other thing twofold to that is that like I get it. If you're a studio head and you give 180 million dollars to something, like you sometimes get your hands in that in that kitchen, right? Yeah. Because you're like, hey, that's a lot of money and I need to ensure I need to do what I think is right to make sure we make that money. Netflix is giving this money to people and most streamers are just giving this money and saying, hey, fuck off. Like go do whatever you want to do. We trust in you. We're in the Ryan Johnson business now, you know? And so I do think it's interesting that it, it seems like there could be a symbiotic relationship finally with some of these smaller films and the action tent poles kind of stuff i don't think exhibitors i don't think amc is you know even though that made 300 million that's 300 million mm -hmm. worldwide and that's nothing to sneeze at but that is nothing com compared to a billion or 1.5 billion that a lot of these temples are bringing in now you know so i think yeah. it's really interesting that maybe we're finding the ways where we can complement each other where we're not having to choose between which projects get made if netflix wants to go after mid-tier budget stuff uh, you know, and all streamers do that. I think it's going to be great for us. I think that where I'm concerned is at what point does top level talent completely leave the studio system? Um, because Amazon has their own production arm. Netflix has their own production arm. Yeah. At some point we are going to bring everything under the, under the house. We're kind of going back to the way Hollywood was back in the day. Remember like RKO pictures would have you for a mm -hmm. five picture deal or some shit. Yeah. And you weren't allowed to leave that. And I think it's so interesting that we have technologically completely changed the game. The way we consume content changed the game, and yet the deals are starting to go back to how we used to run Hollywood. Well, those deals aren't making them exclusive to that streaming service. I think they're getting them for they're getting them for projects. You know, when when Amazon Prime gets Donald Glover for like a what a, like a eight figure deal or whatever yeah. it was, you know, they're getting him for a certain number of pictures. They don't own him. You know, they say you got to make this for us. Now, I guess he could probably go off and make something for another 
studio if he wanted to because that's how it was back in the day the studios owned you man the studio they like like they they owned you they owned your personal life they did you know they, they you couldn't you couldn't do anything without the studio's permission. Man, that was some slavery, almost some slavery shit, you know, that, that was going on. They were running, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that, disrespectful, like, to actual slaves, but they really were owning your image. But here, they're just owning you for a certain number of projects, which is the different thing. I think my worry is kind of the opposite. My worry is that you got these creators who, they, they're given a certain amount of freedom when they go to these studios or these the, the streaming services. And that's the benefit of going to the streaming services is that they give you a little bit more free reign. They're not so tight as the, as the studios and protective as the studios uh, to where they just almost to a, to a point where you're not, you don't, that vision is diluted by the time you, you're able to do what you want to do. Very few people have that in the theatrical experience right now. Uh, Quentin Tarantino has that, you know, um, uh, but there's not a lot of people like that in the studio system. Sure. I, I, my worry is that so much money will start to get involved in these streaming services. So much money will start to get involved in these projects and the business will become so competitive that that creativity will not be there for people anymore like it was at one time. That's, that's what worries me. Um, I think the other thing that could happen, though, is that a lot of new talent. This is what I'm saying. Hey, like if you have a cool idea, make it and sell it now because people are just handing out money as, as a part of this arms race. I think that you're going to see a lot of new talent. The studios are going to have to try to take yeah. chances on people again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because all the pre-established stuff has gone to Apple, has gone to Netflix, has gone you know elsewhere. Um, I know we brought up theaters earlier a little bit, but I, I think this is – I saw someone mention this in the chat. And I think this is a really, really good point. I don't know about you, um, but the last two best movie experiences I had with an audience was Knives Out and A Quiet Place. I thought those were two really wonderful crowd experiences. And I wonder how much of the crowd experience is what is what made that so much fun for me, too, uh, because audiences can be terrible. But as you know, comedy is always better to laugh at with people. Being scared is better to be scared with a lot of people and, and, and whatnot. And I just wonder if it's going to play the same kind of way. Do you think there will be as much almost universal praise for this because we don't have the parasocial aspect to it? Yeah, that's a great question, because, I mean, that's the appeal of movies. I mean, no matter. How much you love or hate theaters, man, you have to admit that the social aspect of being in a theater with people was a great thing. And, you know, it was and there was something where because I was just about to respond with, well, you know, you go and watch something like Knives Out, which you laugh at or any other comedy or whatever. A, scary, a, a horror movie where, you, you know, you're screaming with people. And I was just thinking my retort would have been. Well, you can invite people over to watch your 75, 80 foot screen at the house, which more people are. You know, you remember when creating the home experience used to be that that was a privileged thing. You know, you had to have right. money, you had to have a home theater. And now, now people are recreating that in their living rooms, in their basements, in designated entertainment rooms in their homes. So, you know, I was thinking, why not invite people over and enjoy the, the experience like that? But there was something about being in a room full of strangers, being able to connect with people you don't know in the same vibe, you know, from watching the same thing on the screen. So I, I really don't have any answer for that except that, you know, I don't know, man. It's becoming like sports. You know, uh, you know, all, all of us don't, you, you know, we don't always go to, uh, well, there's some people who go to games all the time, but really, you know, uh, sporting, 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 sports are events. There are sporting events where you can only experience it in a certain way and you don't always get that experience. Um, it might turn that way with movies, man. You know, you just might have to just be 
You might just have to be satisfied with sharing that experience for certain films because it's different now, you know? What's interesting, and it is not stated in the terms of this deal as of yet, is what happens after these two films. This is for two films. Does Ryan Johnson then serve the or have have the right to go take that anywhere else and renegotiate his deal? Or is that four hundred and fifty million dollars, including like the character of Benoit Blanc? You know what I'm saying? Like there are a lot of like other uh, things that can happen. It's interesting that Netflix gets this because usually when they acquire stuff, they have franchise material in their mind. And uh, I, I could see this being a movie every couple of years. In fact, the sequel is going to shoot this June. So it's already written. Both films are already written. They're going to be in Greece for this movie. Um, mm -hmm. And that's really cool. But I just wonder what happens after this and if this is going to continue to be an arms race or if Netflix has plans for this beyond two films. Well, I was going to just say that's a great idea. That's, that's, a, that's a, a great thing you're saying right there because I was just going to say that. Maybe Netflix is buying more than a movie. Maybe Netflix, if these two movies are successful, maybe Netflix is looking at having the property and making a series now. You know, yeah. they want to start making these these seasonal. You know, uh, it's because I think what they see in this is that you have a character that is like, uh, you know, Angela Lansb Lansbury with the uh, Murder She Wrote, uh, Hercule Moreau, whatever his name is. You know, you that character can be recreated and without. Daniel Craig, you know, if he becomes legendary enough. So maybe they can start making series, and if they want to make series, they have the first options to do it because they've already been doing the movies. You know, also, think about how much fun it would be. He, this guy was able to wrap a pretty decent mystery into a 90-minute runtime. Yeah. Give him eight hours. You know, we, we've seen... Um, God, Mike Flanagan, right? Doctor Sleep, uh, Hush Director, all that stuff. They let him go do two different series over at Netflix, and I guess I believe he has a third one coming out, right? Sometimes if you're trying to build these long-form stories, you're going to give Ryan Johnson eight episodes to tell a mystery. Like that sounds genuinely thrilling and separates yeah. itself from yeah. the films. And hey, you know, if we, if they start doing series, then all of a sudden you got. Uh, Knives Out, the cartoon, you know, the animated show, you know, the ones out yep. for the ones for little kids out there. You know, it's a you'll get Knives Out Babies. Yeah, you know, Knives when, Out Babies. What's Blanc what, is a baby. What what's your what's what's your what's your man's uh, Daniel Craig? What's his name in the movie? Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. You had Benoit Blanc when he was like Encyclopedia Brown or Nancy Drew or something, you know, <laughs> solving solving mysteries as a kid, man. You know, you'll, you'll, yeah. yeah, they'll be able to expand this out in so many different ways. So, yeah, man. We'll see. My only request for a sequel is bring back Lakeith Stanfield, who I think is well other than Anna is like the one minority in that whole film. Uh, but I love that guy. And by the way, today when I was prepping shows, I wanted to do uh, the samurai show that he's doing. But I know you guys talked about that last night. I just want more Lakeith Stanfield and everything. So put him in this yeah. Knives Out sequel. Well, if they make a, a Knives Out cartoon where Benoit balls as a kid, you know, he, uh, Lakeith Stanfield could be like his his black neighborhood friend. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I hope they go back and retcon that, right? Because I, isn't the whole point that they're just like actual cops and he's there for no fucking reason? Like he yeah. has no jurisdiction. So yeah. I would love if they were secretly friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah, we'll see how this works out. You know, streaming is something that definitely is causing a huge disruption in this business as we speak right now. So we'll see how this uh, is. It, let me just ask you this before we leave this alone. Okay. Yes or no. It is definitely changing things rapidly not only is it changing things i think when people like disney plus and apple and all these other big people who have very deep pockets joined the game it accelerated everything and we're going to talk about that more in the next uh story as well i just think that yeah we we were all scared of streaming and what that was going to be in five to ten years and i think all of that got moved up dramatically yeah yeah well people speaking of streaming continuing on with that theme 
The answer is yes. Streaming is definitely changing things out there. At least has people thinking about how to shift and adjust with those changes. So it looks like now, you know when they used to tell you to cut the cord? Because it's going to be so less expensive. Well, now you're going to want to take that cord and wrap it around your neck because it looks like this is just not going to be any relief from paying prices for 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 uh, premium entertainment out there. You know, uh, Universal, NBC Universal is starting to say, hey, you know what, all these movies, are, hey, why does everybody else get to put their, their movies uh, on their own shit, you know, and make those exclusives? We got all this stuff over here, and we're just putting it out there for people to just take as much as they want. You know what? Nah, the hell with that. We're going to do it, too. After 45 days, hey, you know what? If HBO can do it, we can do it, too. After 45 days, you know all those Fast and Furiouses, all those Jurassic Parks and Dinosaurs and... All those quiet places, well, if you want them now, you're going to have to come to us on our platform. At least that's what I'm getting from this. Tell me more. Yeah, so Peacock, as you might know, is uh, NBC Universal's attempt at doing a streaming thing, and they launched their series with great shows like Punky Brewster Remake and Saved by the <laughs> Bell Reboot. Uh, so clearly they're not doing good. And in fact, they had a very rough 2020. You can blame a lot of that on the pandemic. I would also blame that on their content. They lost uh, like $910 million, like not nothing. Uh, and so I think they're sort of looking at the landscape and there's like, we got to do something. We have unimpeachable uh, topics. We have content that people want. How do we utilize that? How do we wield that and make some money off of it? Well, I think what happened is NBC Universal took a peep at what Paramount Plus is doing, uh, where, where they basically shortened their windows to the same 45. They're going to have things like A Quiet Place and um, Mission Impossible. Like whatever the Paramount franchises are, they are now going to make their way very quickly over to Paramount Plus because they're trying to bolster that. I think they might have also taken a look at what HBO Max has been doing, which we said shook up the entire industry, right? Uh, having day and date. They started it with Wonder Woman. Uh, King Kong just came out this week, right? Kong versus uh, Godzilla. Yeah. And so they're looking at everyone utilizing their streamers to put out you know content that you can't find anywhere else yep exactly man you know that because that's listen you, you talk about how they're losing money they put out peacock first of all it's called peacock nobody <laughs> it's just a terrible name man i know it's but your did mascot. you like the slogan when they used to say proud as a peacock did you think it was stupid then too no because i grew up with it but nobody's saying it today because back okay. then they had a that's jingle fair. for it man you know back in the day uh nbc like whether you were watching nighttime shows or Saturday morning cartoons, they were there, NBC, proud as a peacock. Everybody got it. <laughs> now, like, why you, what, what does this fucking bird have to do with anything? You know, all this bird is doing is vomiting up old shit. That's why they're losing money. Like you said, nobody wants, I don't give a fuck how old Punky Brewster's got. I mean, interesting. No, listen, let me be nice about this. Okay. Yeah, sure, it's interesting what you're doing with Punky Brewster, Saved by the Bell, but it's still old shit. Is based on old shit, along with the rest of the straight up, not reimagined, not rebooted, not reinvented, but straight up just regurgitation of old shit. All of his old shit. And it's like, yeah, that's why you're losing money. Because nobody wants to see that old shit. You know, everybody's everybody's presenting something new. Everybody's spending money for new talent. And you sitting up here trying to get by, give me uh, leftovers. Fuck you. That's why, they, you know, of course this decision was going to be made sooner or later. I was wondering how long it was going to take them to just, you know, <laughs> wow. I wonder how long it's going to take them to, to figure something as simple, uh, something, figure out something as simple as maybe we should get some new shit. It's, it's that simple. 
Everybody's got new content. Disney Plus, Marvel, uh, 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 Star Wars, you know, HBO Max, all the movies that they got on there. And they're going to be getting some new series. They're constantly making new movies. Uh, you know, I mean, shit, I mean, you, I mean there's, I, I think even Crackle makes new content over there. <laughs> and y'all sit up here warming up this shit and serving it over again. Get the fuck out of here, man. So, yes, this is a natural decision. And I knew it was going to happen because they say that that's going to happen with everything now. The window is just slowly being reduced. And it was HBO and Warner Brothers who did this first. And so once and Disney, Disney is just I still think Disney is going to look at theaters and be like, fuck you. We're just bypassing things. You know, some of these movies, we're going to look whether you like it or not. We're going straight to Disney Plus with it. Once we see how Black Widow performs. I don't think every Marvel, big Marvel movie is going to be doing that, but they'll say definitely some of these movies that would have gone to the theater, some of these animated films. Yeah, we can slap that $30 on that. People pay for that. So, yeah, you goddamn right this Peacock finally got his senses and is doing this. Anyway, go ahead, man. Well, no, I think I think it shows a company that definitely uh, overvalued how popular The Office is. And I love The Office. All right. But if it's not going to make people go out and buy a streaming service, if there's a billion other things that have better content, you know, and this is something that we should have seen coming. I read a book recently. It was really great. It was about Netflix and versus Blockbuster, although halfway through it switches and it's about Netflix versus HBO because HBO was the only one who understood it. They never licensed their stuff over to Netflix because they understood, hey, eventually everyone's going to do this and the only thing that matters is what content you have under your own umbrella. And what we're finding out is that NBC for a long time was fine giving their top prime stuff to other people, to yeah. Netflix, to Hulu, to all that stuff. And you're going to make some money, but then there's no reason for people to go to your own streaming site. And so it's amazing that like at the beginning of the pandemic, we hadn't talked about any of this stuff. And then very quickly, we are we are now looking at a new reality, which is just like if you want to own all of that stuff, just the stuff that's listed on that chart, you're, you're spending $78, which seems inexpensive, but there are obviously tiers. My Netflix does not cost $8.99. I fucking guarantee you that. Uh, and so it's one of those things where you are spending as much money as you ever did. Now, are you getting way more content? Are you able to kind of choose, pick and choose what you want to see? I think, yes, it's not quite uh, the same as what cable used to do, where they would force you to you know pick uh, carriages and stuff like that. But I do think we're rapidly sort of approaching that thing. We're like, oh, all the conventions that we thought were going to be here for about a decade. Fuck that. Rona. Rona came in and changed everything. And it happened so quickly. And I don't think that there's a going back from here. Theaters are still going to exist in some way. But I do think all of this stuff is is aimed to say, hey, why leave the house? You could just put on Peacock and watch Fast yeah. and the Furious. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. Again, everything is changing. But if if we see something that's definitely going on, one, mid-tier movies are going more to the streaming services than ever before. In that window it's growing closer between theatrical and home. Uh, the big question here from all of this is, are people, what's going to happen with all these streaming services that are fighting each other? Are we going to see more losers here? Are we going to see streaming services drop? I mean, you know, I'm looking at that chart you have, you know, is, is BET going to be able to, <laughs> to keep going? You know, is is Discovery Plus going to be able to keep going? Are these going to be bought up by other services out there? Is Peacock going to be able to keep going? What's what's going to happen here? 
we're definitely going to get some licensing deals. And we already kind of saw that, right? DC Universe was its own streaming site. They ended up folding that into HBO Max, which made sense. Consolidate, get everyone under one roof. But that made sense because they were still owned by the same people. I think what you're going to see is stuff like, I, uh, is BT still Viacom? If it is, they'll roll into Paramount Plus at some yeah. point. You're going to see everything sort of sort of start to con uh, constrict. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because we're in the startup phase. We're in the bubble phase of what streamers are. That's why we had things like Quibi that flamed out in six months. Jesus, you know? like There are I'm, going to be more casualties, bro. But <laughs> the good news is I think we win in the end. Whatever happened with that Quibi situation? Did they just did they just shit away a billion dollars? I mean, did what they can like all that content that Quibi had? Were they yeah? What was that acquired by somebody? Will we see that stuff again? Yeah. So there was only a couple things I hadn't aired, but the Roku channel, which again is a dark horse in all of this, because how <laughs> many people have fucking Rokus, right? Yeah. Like very slow and steady. They're the tortoise in this hair race. You know what I mean? Uh, but they acquired all that content, and then I don't know what happened. They only spent a billion of their two billion Quibi, so they actually got out of the game. They were responsible to their fucking shareholders. <laughs> They're like, look, yeah. we got a billion left. Let's take our fucking money and go home, rather than keep kind of trying to compete. Because to to speak to the larger point. This only ends one way, which is like there's not enough real estate, right? There's only yeah, so much, yeah. so many rooms for so many dinosaurs. So it's like there's going to be some cannibalizations, and eventually, I think like it's going to uh, tighten considerably. But for the next five years, you're going to see people pop up. You mentioned Crackle, which I've never watched a goddamn thing on Crackle, but they have a Crackle Plus, so clearly uh, people are paying for that shit. Yeah, because they got original shit. That's why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm I'm interested to see what happens with that, and my other question is, you know, it's the question we continue to ask over and over again: Where does that leave theaters? Uh, I think you nailed it. They're going to be monster truck rallies. They're going to be Super Bowl parties <laughs> and shit. Like it, it's just going to have to be like that because otherwise, you said this too. Like home theater systems in the last five years alone has just taken massive jumps, right? Where it's like I have a seventy-something inch TV out there, and like I'm only ten feet away from it. I'm already losing my eyesight by looking at it. I don't yeah. need to go to a theater. So I think that it's going to be for stuff that you just you want to hear the the sound, you want to feel the actual experience, or you do want to have that parasocial aspect to. It, right those marvel movies like the snyder cut i think i was annoyed because i was sitting in this room watching it on the tv right here but if there were other people reacting to it i'm sure i would have kind of gotten more into it so i think the future of theaters is just going to be big action tentpole stuff and maybe there's nothing wrong with that yeah yeah uh yeah i you know i'm i'm I don't think because people say I, I like the way people always say say theaters are dying. You know, they're not dying. They're going to be there. They're going to because people going to want to go. It's just going to be different, man. It's going to be way different. Um, I, for one, am happy about these changes, man. Like I told you, for nothing else, the theaters needed they needed a shake up. Theaters were getting way too goddamn comfortable, man, with themselves. They were getting way comfortable. I'm glad these, that, that that streaming is kicking them in the ass and getting them to at least wake up a little bit because the theaters would not do shit. That's why you have so many poor theater experiences because they were running things, and now they're yeah. crying now that things are changing. I don't feel I, I I feel bad for people, of course, that lose their jobs. You know the your your you know your average workers there, but I don't feel bad for these for these people that are running these chains. You know you needed a kick in your ass.
Yeah, not at all. And also, like, times are changing. It's your job to be on the forefront of that. That's why, again, referencing that HBO guy, he was like, fuck you, Netflix. Never going to give you my stuff. That guy's a genius. He saw where the where, where the world was going and decided to stave off. If you're if you're the exhibitioners, it's like, yo, your world's over. So your best bet is to get a seat at the table and negotiate for yourself and try to get revenue sharing or something. Um, but it's not going to be what it was. And stomping your feet about it is not going to make it any different. No, hell no. And they in they're going to be losing less power. The, the, the stream streaming services are doing this as a courtesy, you know, lowering that that window. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they're doing that because they say, we know you need some money. We know you need to make a, a living, so we're not going to just do you dirty like that. But really, we could fucking crush you if we wanted to, you know. Let's play this game. What do you think? Three to five before, like, it's going to take one big company to do it only. It's going to take an HBO Max or a Disney Plus, right, because they still mm-hmm. have films that go into theaters. But which one of them is going to be the one who who says, fuck it, we're just skipping exhibitions? You know what I mean? Like, if you want to see this, you have to come to our streaming website. And and how long before, you know, like the window goes away almost completely? Well, I still think you, that that window will be there for your biggest films. You know, that's, Always, the, biggest, yeah, okay. that's the biggest change. You know, when you had to, man, getting nostalgic again. I remember when, <laughs> you know, as a kid, you'd have to wait like nine months almost a year to get something on video you know that shit was long yeah i remember i think the 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 first time i saw that window shortened is when batman came out tim burns batman you could buy it blew my mind because i think batman came out in may the end of may maybe early june uh back in 1989 Mm -hmm. and i remember my mom coming from the grocery store and in that bag with the milk and the bread and the lettuce was Batman. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit! You bought Batman at a grocery store, and I think right. it was like, it was it was like 90 days later, or it was like a, a, a it, was, it was four or five months later that she got it. So that window has gotten really, you know, decreased. Uh, was it? Some people say a year. Yeah, man. I remember it was like a year sometimes, man. That, that those you had to wait for those movies, so to see them go from being being able to see the time that it took almost a year for some movies to come out to now like ah if you just wait a few weeks it'll be yeah, out. six weeks forty five yeah. days is yeah. nothing and yeah. that's going to be for the if you had if you know if you got it early it was for some of your smaller movies but to wait for those big ass blockbusters to come out when I was a kid you had to yeah you had to pay for it with time so it's kind of crazy to see that even with your biggest Marvel movies that after fifteen days you might be getting those not not just on like Blu-ray but on streaming. Right. Well, here's the other thing. And we're talking in the middle of a debut week for King Kong, which did great money overseas last week and is doing pretty good now at a box office that is still not at 100 percent, not by a long shot. And so I think it's like it's premature to say, oh, theaters are going the way of the dodo just because like there does seem to be a healthy, robust appetite for it. But how much of that is based on the fact that we have not really been able to watch movies for over a year now? I guess that's the thing. It's like anything that happens in the next year, we're going to have to take as like the roaring 20s. You know what I'm saying? Everyone was like pent up and now they're just going to fucking go crazy for the next couple of years. Yeah, it's really I mean, it's hard to say, man, because look, I'll be honest with you. uh, I mean, and I'm ready to admit, I don't know things. They might go back just to how they were. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a chance that all of this, we're all making all these predictions. I mean, there are changes happening. I mean, definitely we see it. You know, the main stuff that we're talking about is that, yes, we have seen the window decrease from theatrical to home. We've seen that distribution for 
certain tiers of movies are different now. But who knows, man? And beyond that, it might just be the same shit when we go back. Who knows? You, you, you know what I just realized because we're American egocentric assholes is that like our streaming services aren't everywhere, right? Unless I, I know Netflix is everywhere and Disney Plus, I believe, is everywhere now. But but like uh, isn't Amazon and wasn't Hulu for the longest time not international? And, yeah. and so my point is that like the rest of the world still gets these movies through uh, either local channels, uh, local streamers, or they still get them the same way, like through movie theaters. So it's yeah. a, it's a very American centric viewpoint to be like, Oh, this is all going to end in a couple of years where I think the majority of the world still sort of depends on the old model. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see, very interesting to see how that works out. Uh, I'm a, I'm a person who wants my stuff at home. So, you know, I'm, I'm selfish that way. The introvert that you are. Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah, just a person that wants to actually see and hear a fucking movie and <laughs> and sunshine every now and then. So, right. So, yeah. Well, anyway, folks. never hurt you. Yeah. Anyway, folks. Oh, let's see here. I do love this show because it's a time capsule. We can go back and we can have tape on every prediction that we got right and wrong. And we've got a couple right just in the year that we've been doing this. And by the way, happy one year anniversary. I believe our first show is in like four days or something like that. Are you serious? Yeah, we've been doing this for a year, man. Get the fuck out of here, really? How does it feel? Yeah, how does it feel? We've been we've been going steady for a year. Oh, you know, my Are you life falling is, downstairs, orgasm. Yeah, my life is leaving. That? My my <laughs> life is just leaving out of my body right now. Uh wow man. That's amazing. I did not know. Well, congratulations, sir. Congratulations you know, to you, you sir. Yeah, I didn't piss you off. I didn't I didn't run you away. <laughs> it's so good. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I tried. I have tried. I'm a bad penny. You can't get rid of me. I'm I always gonna so. turn up. Well, I tell you what, y'all. Uh there's not really a whole lot of email to read. I still have to call and cuss out Spectrum, so I guess we're gonna go ahead and call the show, man. Let's call it a day. Yeah, it's been fun. Hey, Chet, I want to thank your contribution to the show. I want to thank your interaction for the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, God, it's Good Friday? Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, literally. I didn't mean to make that pun just now, but like, <laughs> I didn't realize it was Good Friday. How good is it? Uh, let's see. It wasn't very good for him. I want to throw that out there. Uh, give him three days. He'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, lady guys, great show. Fellboy said, thank you. Thank you. Space Diva. Oh, that's Space Dive. Space Dive, thank you. Moist Mike. Haven't seen you. Yeah, I've seen your wet ass around here for a while. Uh, Lionel Lightning. Uh, what is this? Micah Zickerberging. The Black Knight. Nani. Nani Ainan. Uh, what is that? Fall. Fall Fry Fairy. Vanispheres. Angry Asian, Terrell, Pizza, David, David Bell Gaming, and all you guys here. I want to thank you for being here today. It's been a lot of fun, and we shall see you. <laughs> that's yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me aging as you tell me that. <laughs> Matt Damon, yeah. Uh, what, what, yeah, what? Like, look like you turned to John C. Riley in a way. <laughs> I right. thought when you first did the yell, you were doing the Ark of the Covenant. You know, where the Nazis' face literally <laughs> yeah. melts off. <laughs> <laughs> burn that face right off yep. alright people that is it thank you thank you man seriously I had a blast yes it was great today we will see you guys on the next one kcoolmans at gmail.com that's k-c-o-o-l-m-a-n-z at gmail.com you email us with any other questions comments compliments insults input on our advice hit us up on those social medias Instagram Twitter and Facebook 
Facebook. Thank you. Incinerate Anthem. He's a great show. Or she's a great show. Whoever or whatever you may be. Thank you. If I'm too busy out there taking all your kind emails and kind words, Christian. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Christian.Monster, Facebook, Christian Leon Torres. Uh, and I know some of you, but I want to know all of you, so you have a whole week to find me, and I'll see you next Friday. And I want to get to know all of you, too, after you get your vaccine. So when that happens, hit us up, kcoolmr.gmail.com. Let us know your plans for Austin, Texas. Whether you are moving here or just passing through, I want to safely hang out with you. Ooh, all right, everybody, that is it. Good night. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening to or watching this, goodbye and stay toasty. One more. Okay. Oh, you missed it. I need you to go one more octave up. Okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>